little girls. This seems to say. Do you? Do you? I beg your pardon. Are you ill? But Robert Ford would only lay on the floor and look at the ceiling, the light going out of his eyes before he could find the right words. What makes you think I'm crazy? Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay, then. Whatever are you doing? Hello, and welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. <laughs> and Marina's sulking because I just reminded her that I'm hosting. I'm joking. You hosted the last two. Um, I'm Marina Gorski. <laughs> and this is going to be a fun podcast this yep. week. <laughs> Making funny noises. Anyway, because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all quiet on the Western Front, and this is right. Just a just funny, a, funny just film, the right yeah. attitude to have when we're talking about something like this. Yeah. So, which is just recently arrived on Netflix. It's one of the big releases on Netflix. Yep. It was in the cinemas for a while. Um, was it actually? It was in the lighthouse. I didn't know. Uh, and the lighthouse in the IFI. And I think actually. Okay, it was but on, not but not like full on release because. The big, like the general cinemas, the the pu- big public cinemas weren't. They were, it was a few, but there were limited screens because I remember going okay. to look because I wanted to go and see it in the cinema, and I did have a look. It was on in the INCs at one point. Oh, okay, yeah. And I would say it was probably in Dundrum, because Dundrum tends to show everything at some points with so many screens yeah. and probably for you as well. But the main place it was on was Lighthouse and IFI. But I still, it was only on for a week or two, and then of course, mm. and the problem I find with those screens there is. They're not regular screenings like everything else. Like most films would be, say, three or four times a day. They might be shown at just a half eight mm. or something like that. And I say, I can't really do that. But that's all beside the point. Watched it on Netflix. What did you think? Um, I liked it, in this, obviously, as much as you can like a film that's like that. But it, it's it's very sad. It's re- I, So, just disclaimer, I haven't seen the, the, the first one. Okay. Uh, what is, it's 1930. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that one. It's on my list to watch, and I still will watch it anyway. Um, and this is German, isn't it? This film, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is just incredibly sad, as every film about that time kind of is, because these are young kids. And it's to be honest, it's nice to see it from the perspective of the Germans, because normally yeah. it is from the perspective of the English. So, well, the Allies, the English or the Americans or yeah. French, even. Um, so it, it was kind of nice to see it from their part and you do feel for them sometimes I'm like no they're Germans <laughs> as in like they're well no they're traditionally the bad guys but they're not really no like, and the first the, the, yeah, first world yeah, war, the first world war isn't really they're just that. all soldiers on either side mm. like you've seen Joya, no- Joya Noel yeah and where they would make peace and yeah. friendly because they realise they're ordinary people it's yeah. the Kaiser and the king and the Tsar and yeah. so on the ones that don't battle. actually fight yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I re- I liked it. It, it. it just, as I said before, it's just really sad. And to think that, you know, they, I think this is the thing with every war, they're just brainwashed into going thinking they're doing this amazing thing for their country, not realizing what it actually entails to go to war and then get in there. And it's the shock of their life. And they're never the same again. And they just realize the biggest mistake and there's no way back. Um, and... Yeah, it's just it's just incredibly sad. Like, well, particularly with the First World War, because their only source of information was propaganda. 
Mm. Um, you'd no internet, no television, no ra- but barely radio. Yeah. I think radio would have been no. I think radio was even the twenties, really, more than anything else. Um, so your only communication was newspapers, which were all effectively controlled by the state. Yeah. And even then, if they weren't, the, the newspapers were being bombarded with propaganda from the state because all that was coming out from the front was the heroics you could get. I remember when we saw um, "They Shall Not Grow Old." And that was so sad because you hear the stories, like there were real life stories being told in the narration. And there was one guy who was 16 years old and arrived. And of course, there weren't supposed to be um, anyone under 18 allowed. And he arrived and they asked him how old you are. And he said 16. They said, well, come back out, go back out there, come back in again. And you're 18. So they were recruiting him. Openly, yeah. And they were making it such an adventure. Yeah. for everyone and this is the real thing and, and the same thing in Germany you were fighting for the fatherland and that's what this film is coming across um, and the film is based on a book who's written by a German war veteran of the First World War and so it is a German story Yeah. and the whole idea of it is like what a waste Yeah. and I have seen I, the original one um, is I found it online I'll send you the link and I watched it the day after watching this it's like it's considered a classic it's an epic film and so on and it is very interesting from a certain point of view but it's very dated it's very of its time whereas this really feels like a dramatic film you get so involved mm. in this and I just thought it was magnificently done I yeah. really felt now yeah. it's basically four main characters now mm. the problem was I was I, the only one I really recognised again and again was the main guy Paul yeah um, and Kit to a certain extent but I didn't realise he'd been there at the start and all this yeah. so when well you kind of realise from the glass one of them you realise from the glasses yeah but then yeah but so and again and ironically he's in the other one as well well oh, obviously okay. the other it's the yeah, same yeah. book so it's interesting watching the older version to see who's who or whatever but so the, but it didn't feel a sense of the tragedy of the individual characters that you were losing mm. them in certain cases because there's a lot of characters throughout the whole thing and some die and some don't obviously but it was just the individual incidents were so tragic and the despair you're feeling. And it was it was never like, oh, what's why go on with life sort of mm. attitude. It was because at least you're distant from it. It's more than 100 years ago, but it's still unbearing tragedy all yeah. the way through. Yeah. Like the scene when they were underground waiting. What do they call it? It was the mine something. And uh, where they, they were treading above them. Wasn't that the situation? And one of the kids said, no, I want to go out and see. Do you not remember that okay. scene? They were all underground waiting. And you oh, hear yes. the explosions. Oh, yeah. When the bombardment is going yeah. on and they're in their individual places. Yeah. That was, that was horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. But, but it's, because it's, that's when it hit them. Yeah. When that the scene happened. Of it. Yeah. Uh, well, you're not, yeah, you're not expecting it. And then the shock of what they just witnessed was horrible um yeah and just everything else like even when the women were going by and all this kind of stuff and you're just like of course they're they're back into a primitive state now where they're fighting for survival Mm -hmm. and anything with legs going past them is like a oh of course you know and it's just (laughs) like i don't know everything just seems so sad and all i could think of was my great granddad could have been one of them was he in the First World War or yeah, the Second World War? He was in the, the first, first. Yeah. Oh, he left. But he left in time to like not be in in the second. 
That's right. when he grabbed my great granny, who was a Jew, yeah, and he okay. legged it. <laughs> but was he was? Well, he did fight in the First World War on the German side. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see what he would have thought of this, and certainly he probably then would have seen the 1930 version. Probably. Well, well he's not alive anymore. Oh, I know that obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my great granny died last year. Okay. Not the same, but another great granny. So you never know. Brazil people are very young when they have kids. Yeah, but fighting in the war, like if he, he would be 122 now yeah, true, to have yeah, survived yeah, to, yeah. to the end of the war. But anyway. Yes. Um, but the interest, like the original 1930 version, which is a Hollywood film, but it's still about the Germans, German side, was banned in Germany. And well, it was released in Germany initially, and then the Nazis, who weren't in power at the time, they were just an upstart group, were um, sending tugs into cinemas to stop people going in, and they were letting off bombs, stink bombs, and things like this to stop it being shown because it was considered anti-German. But it isn't anti-German; it's anti-war. Yeah. And the whole point of the both films and the book is that there is no glory in dying for your country. Yeah. Sort of attitude, um, and then ultimately it was banned in Germany when the Nazis came to power. But this is the first version that is in German. Like mm. there was another version in the 70s, which is also a Hollywood production, which I think is just a TV movie. But um, so it is interesting to see it entirely, like because they're speaking German. This is yeah. the other thing as well. Um, but it really, it's, as I said, there's so much tragedy in it. All those little moments. And as you said, that bit where they see the women going by. Well, mm. of course they're going to. What surprised me was this. These women are French. Yeah. And why are these French women putting up with these German invaders or mm. as- association with them? But all the little vignettes like that, because it is basically a film of moments. Yeah. You know, but most of them are so unbearably tragic. Yeah. And at the same time, beautifully so. Mm. If you see I mean. Like, I do think, and I don't want to give it away too much, I thought the ending was amazing. Yeah. It was just because it's, well, I'll talk about it afterwards, but there's so much in just a few seconds. There's yeah. so much in that. And it's a completely different ending to the original and also a different ending to the book because and the reason I know is because I saw a documentary on the original and how they came up with the ending because the book just ends like it tells what's happened to the character but as an official notice if you like yeah. like it's mentioned in the Um whereas both films had to have a filmed ending yeah. and they just decided to do it differently but they're both you're just thinking so much afterwards yeah. you're just thinking about it constantly afterwards. yeah um and even towards the end i don't know if this is the ending you mean or not but the fact that what shocked me was the fact that they still made the soldiers fight up until 11 o'clock on the 11th oh, yeah and it's like really why you know it's gonna end in a couple of hours yeah why are you like imagine you've survived all that of the war and you're made to imagine you die that morning yeah what's the point like oh you the whole point was stopped to save lives because there were so many of them dying yeah and still no that morning yeah you still have to we're not going to surrender yeah Yeah. yes oh and it's it's enraging because it's true yeah it's basically it's the german general orders him out even though he's staying behind because and he's and he thinks he genuinely believes in this is that this is a patriotic act to send them out to fight a battle that they're probably going to lose anyway mm. but just to keep the fight going also the fact that when the german representative meets with the french 
general to our marshal to organize a peace treaty and he says can we have a ceasefire while we're doing this for the next 72 hours and he refuses it yeah again that's true yeah because the french were just the french generals were so bitter about it they wanted to keep on killing germans but also there were several reports of generals who had just arrived keeping the fight going so that they could have a victory on their record and i remember reading one about how these American infantry were attacking this German trench and the German trench were shocked at them arriving and were waving at them. The war's over. Go away, go away, go away. And they had to keep coming and they had to fight them. So, like, I mean, they were saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, it's, it's almost... Yeah. And, and all because this general wanted to have on his war record the battle of such and such because he had just arrived at the front. That's disgraceful. And that was, but that's yeah. common of the time. Like this yeah. is what started the whole war in the first place. The war was between the Kaiser, the Tsar, um, the King, and um, whoever was in charge of all, all, all Roy, oh, whoever was in charge of Austria-Hungary. Yeah. But they were all cousins as well. So it's they're like a family all family row, we just get yeah. together at dinner they and all discuss this. each other's <laughs> weddings and things like this and so on. And yes, and it's just total callousness mm. of ordinary people having to are just pawns yeah. Yeah. and these ordinary people who are just working class people are working mines and things yeah. like this who are just sent out to die and i do remember reading because first of all what fascinates me i remember reading a book which had been written um in the 60s and the guy who wrote it was saying that he grew up in a generation like he was born in the 20s but he said he always noticed how many single ants he had because there's no men for them to marry, like in his family. Oh my God. All, like he's, and that's when it really hits you. Is that yeah, there was a whole generation gone. Yeah. And lots of women left behind with no one to marry because yeah. there's so few men left. Yeah. I mean, that's not obviously the greatest tragedy of it, but it just yeah. shows the tragedy of it. Yeah, because, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. For these women who wanted families and things like that didn't get the chance to. Yeah. And a lot of like families would have died out. Mm. The names would have died out because they were the last children of the families on both and i mean you're talking about whole families with lots of brothers would have gone over to fight together yeah and they would all have been killed on all sides german french italian whatever so but yeah. that's i mean we're commenting a lot on the war yes but in the film itself it's just it's hard to say any more about it other than like as i said there's so many moments in it that are really poignant and also quite shocking. Some of them, like even though you're watching a war film and you're expected a lot of violence and so on, suddenly there'll be a moment and you go, oh my God. And yeah, that shocks mean, you. Like Yeah, like particularly thinking of, now we won't have to go into detail about it, but remember the guy who wanted cutlery with his meal? Yes. Yeah. And you just go, oh my God, what? stop. And then your instant yeah. reaction is, no, that didn't happen. Undo it. Yes, exactly. And so many yeah. times like Because that. of his story. And who he was going back to. Yeah. They, they show, they give him a bit more of a, of a there's, uh, I won't say lovable moments, but there's, there's just wholesome moments with him only to see what we saw at the end. And it's like, no. And, it, and that, it shows just how life is cruel because, yeah, and this is, this is the funny thing. Like, who was I talking to? It could have been you, like, uh, how you think, no, this would never happen with me. This would never happen with me. Because you just don't don't think, you know, it, it's possible. But it is. It's like, for example, when I used to see, um, 
when the whole tragedy in Nice, all the all the the terrorist attacks and all that, and mm-hmm. you look at it, but you're so removed from it that you're just like, oh god, that's horrible. Could never be me. Like it, that, that would never happen to me. But you don't know. You don't know. And then when you look at that, and you're like, it makes you think, yeah, but why not you? Yeah. You know that kind of way. I have to have someone. Exactly. And you're looking at them, and you're like, no. No, no, no. If you're there, and and, and it, it must be so hard for the people staying at home as well, not knowing that that's what's happening. And when you look at all the, like, when you look at the trenches and when you look at the whole, like, battlefield and the amount of bodies and you see mm. them going around and collecting the tags. Yeah, which is very just, well done as it well. It is. But it's just, it's so horrible because those families don't get to bury those bodies. Yeah. It's just awful because you don't have closure then. Because even though you can get the tag, like if I got, God forbid, something like that happened to a member of my family and I got the tag, I'd be like, no, but are you sure? Because you don't have the body there. And like, yeah, but you still somehow hold out some hope. Yeah. You know, that kind of, I think I would still be like, no, but what if he changed tags with someone? Yeah. What if, he, you know, that kind of way. And you're like, no, maybe he, he changed the tags so that he could run away. Yeah. You know that, and you could just imagine people at home. Oh, I just couldn't. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so well, horrible. Well, even the ones who got the tax would have been the lucky ones because there would have been loads mm. where they were just like there were several reported missing, assumed dead. Yeah. And that's the last you ever hear. Whenever you hear would hear a report, reported missing, assumed dead, or missing in action, assumed dead, you'd be waiting for an update that would yeah. never come. And mm. uh, all this not knowing, and I mean, I just remember it with nine eleven when nine eleven happened. Days for weeks afterwards, you saw people around the site holding up photographs of, of loved ones that are missing in the hope that they were out there somewhere, and it was mm. such a doomed hope. Yeah, and that sort of thing with something when you don't know for certain, mm. you don't have complete closure. So, yeah, and, and but that, that scene with the tags yeah. was really because I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I knew the whole idea of wearing dog tags is so you'd be identified, but I didn't realize they had this thing where you could break off a bit. Yeah, and they dressed on. Yeah, and that's for convenience. Yeah. Like it's just so obviously for convenience, rather than have to take the tags off all the time, yeah. and probably just to leave something behind. But it's even imagine wearing, putting that on, knowing that it's designed so you can be identified when you die. Yeah, and it's not even if you die; it's when you die. Yeah, is the sort of that's thing. the thing, and not knowing when it's good because you just be shitting yourself. Like, mm. how can you even concentrate and shoot? One, you're scared you're going to die. Two, you're traumatized because you're killing people. Yeah. Like, everything about it. And then three, you're, you're traumatized because you see your mates dying in the worst possible ways. That you could be next to them, next minute you look at them and they have a bullet in their head. And it's like... Yeah. Oh, and you see it so many times. And even in the yeah. film, you see it a lot of times where they're crawling along and there's a, a swarm room and they're all talking to each other and then suddenly one of them is silent. Little things like yeah. that. Yeah. And um, even like it's also when you see people from the other side. Like, do you remember that scene where he's in the trench, he's hiding, and he's spotted by a French soldier. Yeah. And a French soldier comes in, and he they're they're fight kind of they, fighting. They fight. Yeah, yeah. And that's in the other film as well, because it's a very significant moment mm. in both films. Yeah. And it's clearly obviously in the book then as well. Yeah. And I think I even saw a clip from the nineteen seventies version, and it's there too. So it's a crucial moment in it. And it's brilliantly done. Mm. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it's exactly what you said there, the horror of having to kill someone. Yeah, because you know, you if you vote. don't, you're going to die. Yeah. But so what's then, the worst? You when know? he's done it to the point where um, he, he does it and he does it to save his own life. Like he's, mm. they're fighting for each other, both of them to stay alive. 
and yet neither of them want to do it at the same time. Yeah. It's just so poignant yeah. that these are just cogs in the whole thing. And the, like when you think that the whole events of Joya and Noel, it's almost as if God manipulated this sense send a message down. This is just to let you know, this is insane. Yeah. The whole war thing is insane. You are yeah. ordinary people. Who would like and particularly once the ceasefire is over and everything, they could all marry within each other's families and all be friends and and that did happen. Yeah. Um I've heard the stories of people who fought against each other in the trenches having reunions years afterwards and joking about it in beer halls and so on. And but it's, it's just, mad because you could have killed each other. Like yeah. and, and but even the idea when you were saying, you know, they're crawling along, like the moment where they start to attack you know, they leave the trenches, they get up and start to, and you see all the bullets flying and you're like, an inch to the left could kill me yeah. or an inch to the right could kill me. And it's just, it's a look like you're there. If you, at the end of that battle, when you come back or where you're, where you um, advance to and you're safe now, at the end of that, you're lucky to get there. Yeah. Because yes, it's so just, right. yeah. And even seeing the poor horses and everything, because there is, there was still cavalry, wasn't there? And, and some of oh, them yeah. because... And then you look at it and it's like the poor animals. Oh, well, I mean, they, horses were a huge thing of that one. Yeah, and, but it's just it's just like... It's just so terrible because they don't... They have nothing to do with any of this. Like, yeah. it's just oh, so... Oh, yeah. Well, particularly with but, animals. Yeah, and, and it's like some of them could be left there for days. Still alive, but with a broken leg or something like that. You know, when you're better off just sacrificing them in that case. But it's just... It's just awful it's it really is like it's horrible well that but i mean that's why the film is so good because it gets it across mm. like that is the thing it is there's a real sense of this is not an adventure film and it's interesting i don't think i've ever seen a first world war film which is a thriller an adventure mm. like something like where eagles dare or guns of navarone mm. or all these which are just war film like your traditional idea of a war film is good action-packed adventure film mm. Whereas always in the first, because that's the Second World War, mm. but always in the First World War, there are always tragedies. Yeah. Beca- and it's because it is a tragic war, whereas the Second World War, it's a fight against evil. Yeah. So you can have an adventure film in that. Yeah. Um, but it particularly at the time of this, like the First World War obviously happened in the silent film era. So there was a lot of films made during it. And the Nazis, the Nazis, the Germans were the most evil species known to humanity. And it was just so funny because I have a DVD of them. Mm. And it's funny to watch them back. But the, by the time um, they made All Quiet on the Western Front, the original one in 1930, it was started off as a silent film. And so that's in a documentary series I have about um, films of the First World War, silent films. It's mentioned and it's said it started off silent film, became a sound film. But it describes it as, what did I say? The last film of the Great War made by the generation who fought it. And that's what's really striking. The people who made the original one were in the yeah. war. And yeah. it's when you watch those old films, whereas this is obviously decades yeah. later. It's 100 years later. But even now, going back to, to the conversation about them having to kill each other and, um, and then, you know, it's either you kill or you survive. You're also, what are you surviving? What are you coming back to at home? There's no jobs for you. There's mm. no how, like, and you know about the whole crisis of the veteran, like the, the whole thing about veterans coming back home and becoming homeless people. Yeah, and particularly if you're on the losing side. Yeah. Like the Germans going back. Like that. Well, at the same time, 
if it was me, I would just be so relieved to be out of that. Yeah. Like you're out of the worst hell ever because trench life was just horrendous. Mm. So you know you're going, you're going to be safer. But still, you're going back to a defeated country and you're relying on, you're expecting reward for all you've done. Yeah. And you're not going to get it. Yeah. Because you lost. And then what happened to Germany after was horrendous as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just, it, it's war in itself. It's awful. That's why you could never pay me. That nothing would convince me to go to war. Um, like, even, you know, even the way the, the states do it, where you have to enlist a certain age. Like in Brazil, you have to enlist at a certain age. Still. Yeah, when you're 18, you do enlist. national service. Yeah, you do. You do like, I think, if they choose you. So it's a random kind of thing oh, for right. men. But obviously, once you're chosen, you have to do a medical and you might get out of it, um, depending on if you have asthma or something like that. Okay. And or you can get out of spurs. It. Yeah, something like that. Um, so Trump claimed. <laughs> um, and of course he did. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'd love to do an examination of the Vietnam War. How many poor people claimed heel spurs as a reason for not yeah. fighting? Um, and yeah, so like no one could pay me to go into the army. I'm sorry. You just, just it's just a no. Like I saw, I was watching the, the documentary on Vanessa Guillen, um, oh, yeah. the girl that was disappeared Murdered. and all. And it's like. And it still happens, a sexual assault, everything in it. It's just, even when they're going to war, it's already horrible. Like, going to war then and the way the states are in, you know, the, the Middle East and all that. It's just like, no, I, no, thank you. I prefer to mm. die here now <laughs> than to be sent somewhere to kill other people and watch other people die and go through that whole trauma. Because what's the point? Oh, yeah, I would be the same. Yeah. Uh, the thing was, with that, it was portrayed as an adventure like this is why so many people joined in the first world war in the second world war like i mean oh, it's, I, it's a massive brainwash oh yeah yeah but i would wonder what i would do if i'd been around in let's say the 1930s and 40s and particularly in ireland because i would have been fine no one had mm. to go from ireland in fact I had people who did go to fight for the british in ireland were ostracized when they came back but knowing what i know now about the nazis would I have gone to fight that sort of evil or not? I don't know. You see, from a personal point of view, I'd say, I'm glad yeah. I had a lucky escape. I'm too old now to fight yeah. any war so grand. But if you're fighting utter evil, and like what's happening now in Ukraine, would I go? And there's a lot of Irish yeah. people have gone over there to fight for the Ukrainian army. Not just medics, like my yeah. brother. My brother went over as a medic. But people who have gone actually over there to fight. Yeah, the thing is, like, if I'm in a country that is going to be attacked and it is war, I don't think I would go up and fight and offer to fight. I'd do my best to protect my family, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't put myself out as someone to fight. You know, like, I just don't, you see, I just don't know the situation. Like, I don't think, I just... I think it's wrong to fight for any... Obviously, when you're being attacked, like, Ukraine isn't, you know... Like, I fucking hate Putin. And, mm -hmm. you know, you'd, you'd love to <laughs> be... Controversial the, statement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'd, love, you'd love to be fighting against him, only to get rid of that kind of evil, like you said, when it comes to the Nazis. But at the same time, you're going to see a lot of stuff you don't want to. And stuff that's going to change you for the rest of your life. It's like trauma. Oh, yeah. That's going on a to... personal side of things, there's yeah. no way it would go to work because yeah. I just couldn't kill someone. Yeah. Even if it's killing someone who's utterly evil and the enemy, and like, let's say, someone who you've just yeah. seen 
committing crimes against humanity, yeah. raping people, murdering people, killing children, whatever. Well, if and I then, if I witnessed that, yeah, you're, yes. yes, I know, but you'd still do it. Yeah, like I mean, I in ra- I've been so enraged, I would kill them, bayonet them, want them to suffer, whatever. But you'd still be damaged by it. Yeah, like it's not because a, you not ended a, someone's life. Yeah, yeah that's what being like, in your yeah. head forever, yeah. or certainly yeah. for me, it would be constant. I mean, I do actually have. You know, it's boring to talk about dreams, but I just say a recurring dream I've had occasionally is where I've killed someone. Yeah. And it's not a case I don't remember the killing. It's just something that's in my in my life. Yeah. And I'm I just can't cope with it. Yeah. I've I've had a dream. I have a dream of of that once where I killed someone and I can't remember what the motive was or who it was. I just remember that I killed someone. I hid the body somewhere, but people were on to me. And I was just oh, so scared. that was just the horror getting caught. No, no, no. But I was just scared because I didn't know what I had done and why I had done it. In my own head, I was like, why did you do that? And I just don't know. And in my dream, nothing is explained. And I hate that. Just explain it to me <laughs> so I can plan the escape. <laughs> Everything has to be written down and covered yes, fast and tell clear. me. Whereas I'm dwelling on the emotion, the guilt. <laughs> well, obviously, I was, but at the same time, I'm like, do I go to prison now? And then my mom was there saying to me, did you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like I did. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, so I have that dream. Anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it could be, for all we know, it could be a common dream. Probably everyone out there yeah. listening says, yeah, we all have that dream. For yeah, like the dream oh. of flying or you're falling or whatever. But yeah, but back to the film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love your man that's always in these kind of films. Do you see? I knew I was going to see. One Character or an actor? Actor. Once I saw that it was a German film, I knew he was going to be there. Um, oh, shit. I had it here. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Brühl. Oh, yeah. I You just expect him now. I, anytime I watch a German film, that's well, like that hyped up. He's one of the producers as well. Is so he? As soon as his name came up, I said, oh, I know that name. Well, he was the negotiator, wasn't he? Yes. And I love him. He's just good he in? in every film. He's, he's sort of like he, I instantly recognised. Well, I think the first time thing. I saw him was when he did the Julian Assange film with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, which I haven't seen. Yeah, uh, he did Goodbye Lenin. Which I haven't seen. Uh, the Alienist, which I haven't seen either. Rush, I've seen Rush. Inglorious Bastards. That's I think that's the oh, biggest right. one. Which obviously I've seen, but I don't remember yeah. him in it. There's so many people. I must watch that again. I have it on DVD. I've seen him in so oh, many. Inglorious Bastards is another classic case. That's a Second World War film, which is just pure adventure. Yeah. It's yeah, certainly but that's, not a tragedy or horror. That's also a comfort film in the sense that any, like what you would would have wanted to happen. Yeah, but that's my point. Happens, is yeah. You can only make that film about the Second World War. Yeah. You couldn't have that in the First World War. Yeah. Because there's no bad guys. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. The Second World yeah. War is full of bad guys. Um, yeah, so he's in several films like Born Ultimatum. I just I've we I've seen him in so many films now. Kingsman, mm. uh, yeah, Captain America: Civil War. Like you, I I just expected to see him. Once I saw that it was German, I was like, I bet your man's gonna be in it. And then he comes <laughs> into the fucking room to negotiate the 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 end of the war. Um, but yeah, but back back to the film again. Um, the scene where and when we were talking about the tags, the scene where they're counting the tags as well. And the guy just says, stop. Imagine counting that many tags of mm-hmm. dead people. And they're just, it's just it, they're just numbers. It's horrible. Oh, they're yeah. just numbers. And it's like, you know, they're just setting us up. They're not even, they read the name and they toss it. Read the name, toss it. Constantly. Yeah. And you're like, these people are nothing. They're nothing. It's just, it's to the system. They're nothing. Numbers. Yeah. It, it just well, to the tell them, fact, oh, the do very, you need more people in the trenches? Yeah, that kind the very, of thing? Well, that's the, the very fact that they're sending out people mm. at the end when the war is over to still yeah. fight. 
Um, but also well, there's I don't know if it's in that film somewhere where it said um, we're getting new recruits to make up the numbers they're running out of people we need about 500 more people what they need is 500 more people to die yeah like they're just can it's literally cannon fodder and that was the expression used yeah. for them they were just sent out there to die and I always find it incredible to think of all the training like you go through months and months of training or something like preparation for a war mm-hmm. but knowing that let's say you're training 500 people knowing most of them are going to get killed within the first few seconds yeah. of arriving at the battle. But yeah. you're just training as many as possible because some of them won't. Yeah. And it's just so ruthless, yeah. but necessary. Yeah. So yeah, It's horrible. Anyway, so we'll wrap it up there. Yes. Because I like to wrap things up properly. You know, you time. could have finished this episode without being rude. Yeah, but I, that's, it's on my notes. Be rude. Yeah, it's in red, actually. Right yeah. yeah. So... Leave it there. Um, I could imagine oh, the two of us in the war fighting with each other. No, Michael, chill with your mouth closed. I can't concentrate. <laughs> it's the army biscuit, which lasted about an hour. Something like chewing it, bully beef, and so on. I said, no, I'm trying to warn you. There's a sniper. Coming. No, we can wait. I can wait. Shout the French! I can hear you guys eating and smacking your lips. Keep it down, or I'll come over and shoot you all. I'll come over the top. <laughs> and there you are. You just made undone everything, everything we've we said, said in the last yeah. half hour. You just made fun of them all. The trench. No, thing. not I'm not making fun of them. I'm making fun of myself. Perfect. I wouldn't okay. survive in war. Definitely wouldn't. <laughs> Clearly wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be sitting at the trench. They'd be like, "Okay, come on, we have to go over the top. I'm staying right here. <laughs> Make <No>. me." <laughs> No, you would be someone's secret weapon. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will release Marine and we will send Marine over to you. We've just sent her back. Yeah, as a as a war prisoner, they hate me. <laughs> what 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 were they saying? You know, to tell us the secrets. I was like, I don't know because I don't like people whispering in my ear. <laughs> no, she's on your side. No, she's on your side. No, she's on your side. Okay, yes. we'll wrap it up there. And um, thank you for this. Oh yeah, will we give it marks? Yeah, I know it's a Netflix film, but I mean, it's still cinema oh, release. Yeah. Um, so I would give it. I think I'll give it five stars. I yeah, really I'd thought give it was it exceptional. A, a nine film. and a half. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. I've been Mick Jordan, and I've been Marina Gorski. Woohoo!